Welcome to Stories from the Midland, a collection of historic tales from Teller County and the surrounding areas. In today's episode, we're riding the stagecoach lines into the Cripple Creek Gold District. This episode was written and is being presented for you by Tommy Allen. Stagecoach. In your mind's eye, that word probably elicits a very specific image. A semi-oval coach pulled by six horses may be red in color with yellow accents. The interior is about four feet wide and four and a half tall with opposing seating at the front and rear where three or four passengers sit looking at the two or three across from them. A driver sits high outside and forward of the car, snapping the reins to urge the horses forward, and a shotgun rider sits beside him. Large spoked wheels rotate at the four corners and tall doors open outward at the middle of each side with a step from which the gentlemanly can provide a hand to help the ladies down. Though other types of stagecoaches were produced, this type was by far the most handsome and in recent history seems to be the one shown most in movies and shows. It is the Concord Stagecoach, designed and produced by wheelwright Lewis Downing and coach designer Jay Stephens Abbott in Concord, New Hampshire. These two visionaries began designing their stagecoach in 1826, and the Abbott Downing Company completed their first build in 1827. And while the Concorde stagecoach was the most complicated to build, it was also the most reliable with the most comfortable ride. The coach's suspension consisted of two reinforced leather straps that supported the weight of the passenger compartment, giving more of a swaying or swinging motion that was more comfortable than the up and down motion of steel springs on other types of stagecoaches and wagons. While it is true that railroads really launched the height of prosperity for the Cripple Creek Gold District, transportation before the arrival of those railroads for passengers and express packages largely consisted of stagecoach passage. And the most used type of stagecoach was the Concorde. Throughout the day and night, a Concorde or two may have been spotted in front of Cripple Creek's Continental or Palace Hotels, disgorging their passengers or taking on new ones before heading out along their fixed route in stages from station to station. Prior to the completion of the Midland Terminal and short-lined railroads, travelers from Colorado Springs to the Gold Camp generally had two transportation choices. They could either take the Colorado Midland Railway to Florissant, where they would disembark the train and take a stagecoach from Florissant to Cripple Creek, or they could board a stagecoach from John Hundley's Hundley Stage Line for a ride up Ute Pass to Florissant, where they could either walk the remainder of the way or buy a seat in another stagecoach for the remainder of the trip. Beginning the trip by train was by far the more comfortable option. Stage roads up Ute Pass and leading into the Gold District tended to be pitted, rough, and rutted, and passengers typically arrived at their destinations feeling beat up and exhausted. And many times, passengers were called on to get out of a stagecoach to push it through or out of difficult, flooded, or overly muddy sections of road. But this didn't lessen stagecoach travel. In fact, many times a stagecoach would carry the passengers overloaded inside the car with another half dozen or so sitting on the roof. According to Loretta Stevens Bailey in her article, Now and Then, 
passengers found themselves rubbing elbows, shoulders, knees, backs, and close to rubbing noses. Then air reeking of human odors that could reach the high heavens, adding more misery. And of the passengers a person on a stagecoach trip may find themselves traveling with, Ms. Bailey states, False prophets, street prostitutes, madams of houses of ill repute, preachers, saloon keepers, and gun-carrying outlaws, escaped jailbirds, gold miners, and prospectors, to mention just a few. All are looking to get rich quick some way or another, and want to get to where the gold is as quickly as possible. And stagecoach drivers weren't always the best of characters. In our podcast episode, The Town of South Platte and Its Namesake Hotel, stagecoach driver George Ballou walked into the South Platte Hotel and started shooting the proprietors and customers. If you want to know more about that story, I'll put a link to that episode in the show notes. Three main stage lines operated between Florissant and Cripple Creek. The Welty Brothers and Montgomery stage lines vied for passengers, but the most popular seemed to be the Hunley stage line we mentioned earlier. And even though Hunley had 15 teams of six horses, he had an impossible time meeting the heavy demand for passenger transportation. Keep in mind that at the end of certain stages, tired horse teams had to be exchanged for fresh ones. And remember that those horses had to support travel all the way from Colorado Springs up Ute Pass, into Florissant, and onward to Cripple Creek, and then back again. So though the Hundley stage line may have been the most popular, the Welty Brothers and Montgomery lines certainly got their fair share of business. In addition to the Ute Pass and Florissant routes, two additional competing routes existed to get to Cripple Creek, another from Colorado Springs, and one from Canyon City. Instead of traveling Hunley's route northwest from the springs and around Pikes Peak, the second road climbed around Pikes Peak's southern slope, previewing the route that would later be used by the Colorado Springs and Cripple Creek District Railroad. And while this Cheyenne Mountain route was praised for its beautiful views, the road was seriously underdeveloped, narrow, and prone to washouts. Now, not wanting to be left out of the prosperity of Cripple Creek, Canyon City developed its own stage road into the district. This road, originally named the Canyon City and Cripple Creek Toll Road, is still also known as the Shelf Road for the five-mile stretch of narrow road blasted and carved into sheer rock walls. The road was windy and perilous with deadly drop-offs and narrow sections only wide enough for one stagecoach at a time. While the treacherous and desolate landscape would only allow for a couple of rudimentary and rustic stagecoach stops, it nevertheless seems to have enjoyed decent business. The shelf road was considered for a railroad between Cripple Creek and Canyon City, but the terrain made such a construction impossible. Instead, a railroad would be built along the nearly parallel Phantom Canyon between Cripple Creek and Florence. While relatively frequent, stagecoach arrivals within the Cripple Creek Gold District were met with many curious onlookers waiting for mail or news from the outside world and interested in the new arriving faces. Stagecoach lines would go on to assist the builders of the railroads coming to the Gold District, transporting people and equipment. 
and they would continue service even after the railroads were established, providing an alternative to train travel and transporting people to places trains and trolleys didn't reach. Just as much as trains, stagecoaches were vital to establishing the Cripple Creek Gold District. Thank you for listening. This is Tommy Allen, and on behalf of Trevor Phipps, have a great day. And should you find yourself looking for a rough ride while surrounded by stinky ruffians, stagecoach travel may just be for you. We look forward to having you join us next time for more Stories from the Midland. References used in this episode can be found on its webpage. Visit storiesfromthemidland.com slash podcast. While relatively frequent, stagecoats arrive... I'll put a link in the... Ep oh, boop, boop, boop. Come on, nah. All right, let's try this one more stinking time.